It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it! Film Sociology with WFYI's Film Guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Still can't find anything wrong with us. Hey, maybe there's nothing wrong with us. We're fine. It's just some psychosomatic deal or something to do with the moon or the lime on the planet. Hello there, film lovers. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msosi at WFYI.org, also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosi. This show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes, and we have a blog, which I'll, I'll eventually post my Oscar picks at. Oh, after the fact? No, before. Oh, wait, no, yeah. yeah it's next week. It's not, yeah, Shut yeah, up. Yeah. At? Yeah, it looks like I know what I'm doing next week. Filmsociology.tumblr.com. <laughs> the voice you heard is the man who stumps me with uh, movie dialogue, Kobe Slagle. Yep. What was that from? Space Jam. Whoa. Oh, that requires thinking about Space Jam again. Are it th- was on TV last night. I watched it. It's a I great... was in rehearsal last night. I didn't watch yeah, it. Well. Are you ready for the Le- Le- LeBron reboot? Is that really going to happen? I don't know. I don't care. What's I hope this not. LeBron reboot? Oh dear! Now we've broken protocol. The guests have already <laughs> chimed in. Uh, there, actually, there, there, my interest. there, there have been rumors that they're going to redo uh, Space Jam with LeBron James. I don't, check on that, Kobe, and see if that happens. I will do that. And because you know what happens, they lose to the Warriors. <laughs> so there's sorry, spoiler alert. Are the Warriors the Monstars? It could be. Um, yeah, they they just happen to live in the Bay Area, apparently. <laughs> And the one monster that can do threes from any place on the planet. <laughs> anyway, we have we have guests. Kobe, do we have the intros ready for our guests? Uh, no. <laughs> so I'm looking for See, right is, now. You want new time slot? Same show, basically. Um, I'm, you know, did I'm you lose trying. my intro? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did not. Well, I can't. I, there's so sitcom husband lost sitcom no, wife's intro. I don't. I didn't lose it. There is so I, much audio here to go through. And it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, well then I'll. I guess I'll just have to introduce the guests right now. We'll play them later. <laughs> that, that helps. Oh, as a recap, as a reminder. If you're just now joining us, uh, joining me in studio today. Uh, okay, I will say this. Of course, we're at a new time, um, and it's our brunch edition of Film Sociology. Good morning. Or afternoon if it's Sunday, uh, but it's still brunch. But we have. But one of the benefits of having the show here is that we, there are certain guests that we love to have on the show, but their bosses will not let them get off work early, and now it doesn't matter. So sitting, <laughs> in, so take that management. Uh, sitting in studios with me is uh, from the film app, uh, the, the the film critic in Indianapolis with the sharpest claws because we love that picture, Chris Lloyd. 
Good to be here after my year-long ban for substance abuse issues. You know what? We're, oh, you know what? Joe's not here, but I can still say it. We, we don't want to talk about the past. We're not talking about the past. <laughs> hey, I've, I've learned. I've grown. I've gotten better at buying yeah, you roided off up the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you had back acne and rage. And, just, and also in studio with us, the uh, for lack of a better term, the chick flick correspondent, a.k.a. Kobe's wife, Bianca Slagle. Hello. Also known as Fair Sweet Bianca. Fair Sweet Bianca. That's your Twitter, that's your Twitter handle because of me yes it is but i'm not on twitter that much anymore i'm sorry we'll have to work on but that it's been a hot minute since i've been on the show with you <laughs> one hot minute hot it's a, hour it's, it's a chili, chili peppers, peppers album, album. <laughs> <laughs> okay that went we, over my we before, before or after it got a parental advisory sticker uh b- during i think <laughs> um god not since red clay all right i guess we'll go around the room uh bianca what is your favorite brunch item French. Um, this is the food portion of the film show, as we see know. See how we've segued <laughs> seamlessly. The only thing I think of when I think of brunch, I think of mimosas. Yeah, pretty like, much. Really, that's like all I think and of. It's fruit, like oh, mimosas. Some kind of melon. Really? Okay, Chris. Yeah. Anything in holiday sauce. Ah, see, Robert, uh, our you know, film sociology regular, Robert Irvine. Name dropping radio. Um, yeah, he he also goes with the uh, uh, in uh, eggs Benedict, but you replace the meat with uh, smoked salmon. Oh, Ooh, that's delicious! That I had good. that at the Runcible Spoon in Bloomington a few I weeks do ago. Love Runcible Spoon in Bloomington. That was delicious. When Lynn did shows at Brown County, we would go there. Toby says it's overrated, but it has a proper name. <laughs> Yeah. Compared to Kobe's D bag restaurant type yeah. names, which we will not talk about because I frequent some of those. Um, okay, so and by the way, always uh, cheddar biscuits and chipotle sausage gravy. You're welcome. All right, uh, we are. Let's get to the film portion of the film show. Uh, I want to start with the film that I know both Chris and I watched, uh, not together, but uh, and then he'll he'll take the the brunt of it here. But uh, a film version of a memoir, also a film version of a play. Here comes D-Bag Alert, which my wife and I got to see in London. Oh, really? Yeah, so now we can see things like, yeah, the movie's good, but the production in London was better. <laughs> Welcome to the one-upsmanship aisle, everybody. That's Matthew right. Matthew Sosi <laughs> on your left. Uh, but, yeah, opening in theaters today is The Lady in the Van with uh, Dame Maggie Smith, for you uh, fans of Downton Abbey over there. Woo-woo! <laughs> First ever woo-woo, I think, for woo-woo. Downton Abbey. You know what? If it, if it gets any better, it'll be the stuff. Uh, but it... <laughs> It's already up there. I see. It, it stars Maggie Smith in the title character as well as Alex Jennings uh, playing uh, playwright Alan Bennett. And it's a true story of a woman who lived in a van in this guy's driveway for 15 years and never left. Um, what's fun about it, it is it is one of these kind of quirky, small British films like Local Hero, like uh, the, the Englishman Who Went Up a Hill and Came Down a Mountain, like Waking Ned Divine, where all the in- all the characters on this one block uh, for a span of 15 years, they're interesting, they're nice. You have uh, the uh, you know a couple smarmy neighbors that look uh, look down on, on Maggie Smith's character. And uh, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is true. Maggie Smith can play a homeless person. Well, not, she's not really homeless. She has a van. But I would say downtrodden. Yeah. So originally the van is mobile, so she can move from place to place, and then the van breaks yep. down, and then she gets another van, and that van breaks down. And right, but but as far as playing somebody who is uh, uh, of the smelly persuasion, uh, she pulls it off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, not dirty, and I'm going to get to you, Bianca, about smelly your use persuasion. of the word about your use of the word dirty for a film. We're going to get to that. 
cliffhanger. Uh, Stay tuned for the second half of the show. <laughs> I'll tell you what's dirty. We already anyway, um, but, but but I think the the br- this is one of those films where it is the performance. I mean, there's one single sol- solitary performance of note, and that's Maggie Smith. Yeah, I mean, Alex Jennings does very well. He plays two versions of the Alan Bennett character: the one that wants to write and the one that has to deal with her. Yeah, and that's fun. But it's really about how much uh, the, you know there, this uh, this character onion that is Maggie Smith's character of uh, why is she hiding. What has happened to her? Why does she see- keep seeking forgiveness? Um, you know, she's it's almost like a child. She's able and then she's not able. Right. And she uses that as a crutch a lot. Yeah. She I believe she debuted the the, the role on stage uh, when it first uh, was a play in the 90s. Is that right? Um, something like that. Who's <clears throat> we saw it in 2000. Uh, and she also did it in a radio play version. Mm-hmm. So she's really kind of owned this thing from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, she's he, had this for a while. And you can tell when someone is just absolutely, come, you know, knows a role, knows the character down to the ground. Um, and she's and she's so terrific. And I will say, you know, it's a very acerbic role. She's very nasty. And, you know, it's you, you, nasty. you, go, you go into one of those things expecting that, you know, she's going to become less nasty, less nasty. And then suddenly we realize that, in fact, she is, you know, a saint. And this is not that movie. <laughs> You know, she's a, a not t- a big turnaround. She's not a fun person to be not around. Not a but, change of heart in the last reel. No. But we really, but we really do, you know, come to embrace her humanity. We really sort of see her from all dimensions, and that's the nice thing uh, about this movie. And she's, you know, and she's she's touching, but she's also very acerbic and very funny. You know, one of my favorite things about the character is that she has this tendency to make these. Outlandish proclamations about herself. She yeah, she drove you know, in World War One or World yes, War Two. Yeah, and, and, but she'll say these things, and then you know, and she'll, but then she'll follow it immediately with the word possibly. So it'll be yes. like you know, like like you know, like I'm I'm developing a major brain aneurysm possibly. Yep. Yeah. And that's just one. So I, I really I really loved her in this movie. It made it made my list of the best films of the year. Really? Granted, granted it was a list of seventy five films. Oh, that yes. Of but course. I think I, it was in the thirties. So in a, in a great great year for the movie, I, I really do think it was one of the better ones. So uh, Bianca, this is one for you and mom. Yes, my mom told me she wanted to see it. So I, I know what this, the I've seen the trailer. It's something I want to see. I haven't seen. Uh, I was under the impression it was based on a true story. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Or possibly. 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 <laughs> so. all, uh, all of this completely happened the way it's depicted in the movie, possibly. Yeah. And, and, part, and it, well, we're just going to end everything with possibly. possibly. Yeah. Well, every other, well, every other film is now based on a true story, and, and that, that kind of loses some of its luster after a while. But the fact is, kind of like the Coens, where there's like, well, this could have happened. Maybe it happened. Yeah. So, I, so yeah, that was fun. And, and there's, uh, especially near the end, without giving anything much away, um, there is, there is, of course, a cinematic breaking of the fourth yes, wall. Which that I were, liked. Yeah, it reminds me, I know it's been done a couple of times in other films, but like Kenneth Branagh's version of As You Like It, where yeah. the camera just goes off the set. Yeah. And I think The Life and Death of Peter Sellers also does. It, it's, it's a nice little wink and a nod to, uh, to the people and the location. Yeah. So, Kobe. Uh-huh. I was I was say, do you have your Archer thing? Because I was also going to say, she discusses World War Two. Nope. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, okay. So um, so yeah, go go check that out. And that's now, a, that was a good movie. It was not a great movie, but a but well, it, it made the 30s and and with a bullet in uh, in Chris's list. Uh, it was such a good year for movies, as I say that anything in the 30s. Would have contended for a top ten in any other year. You see, I I always say that yeah, if you look at the, your honorable mention, and you're like, damn, that didn't make it. That's yeah. a good year. That yeah. is a good year. So now, uh, Chris, you, I'm directing a show, so that was the only thing I got to see. Chris, what is the what is 
What else is opening this weekend? Um, well, probably the one that's getting the most attention is The Witch, um, which is a, a horror film, uh, but definitely sort of a, you know, sideways version of the nope. genre. This, this, takes, <laughs> this, this takes place in 1630 Puritan New England. Uh, so it's not the most accessible movie at the beginning because they're doing very, you know, very period dress and mannerisms and speech nope. and these and dimes. Nope. Um, I don't have my headphones on, so I don't know what he's playing, <laughs> but I'm sure it's very appropriate. He said horror film, and Kobe's like, nope. And, it, and it's set in the 1600s, so that's double. It's also an art <laughs> film. It's not an art film. <laughs> well, Although they did screen it for the press. I was intrigued yeah. that the, I, when yeah. it was a press screen I couldn't attend in I, the morning. I would call this art an art horror film, art house horror. You know, this is not Two splatters syllables. and guys stalking you. See, Kobe? But uh, it's freaky, though. Yeah, mm. it's very much. There's not a lot of you know gore, you know, and there's no boo gotcha necessarily. It's very much one of these like moody, evocative, creepy. Uh, the way I put it in my review, this is the sort of movie that crawls into your guts and stays there to feast. Oh yeah, see, that's just a ringing endorsement right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the basic it's Kobe. the basic setup is this family um, is cast out of the Puritan uh, settlement because they're too religious. You know you've got. Oh, your, so it's Indiana. Yeah, you know you're you, you know you're biblical if you're too religious for the Puritans. They still think Tebow should start. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so they go into the forest to make their own home, and you know, flash forward a few months, and everything's settled down. But then terrible things start to happen. I'm not giving anything away because in the trailer is they have a baby boy who just literally disappears before their eyes, which mm-hmm. they ascribe to a wolf snatching him. Um, but uh, and Meryl Streep in an Australian accent. Yeah, definitely. You know, this movie's uh, you know satanic supernatural forces at work. Very creepy. Um, like I say, you know, it's it's as Ed Johnson put it in his review, and not the quickest paced movie, um, not the most accessible movie with you know like this. But it's I think it's definitely well worth it. So you know, you no blood gonna... splatter in the first five minutes, like like the darn kids of our generation expect. No, nothing See, like there that. There you go. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to pull this out. We haven't heard this one in a while, and this Uh-oh. is kind of what I'm getting from Chris here. Yeah, it's not hella bad. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Lloyd, probably the greatest sound contributor to this show <laughs> for just off-the-cuff stuff. So, Yeah, I like The Witch. Okay. See, that's out there. All right. And then um, we've got Risen. Now, Which, this not to be confused with race. No, this is a movie that it was directed by Kevin Reynolds. Remember him from the Kevin Costner days? Uh, One Eight Seven, uh, Rapa Nui, and I always lo- I loved, loved, loved his first film, Fandango. Yeah, with a young movie. Kevin Costner. This Very is when Judd Nelson was. They the were big all like twenty five years old when they made it. Yeah, great film. But yeah, he's a, um, fun to work with at least. No. Yeah, <laughs> but the Water World is probably the one that people now yeah. most remember him for. But uh, so I, the Onion referred to this, I believe, as a Roman cop movie, buddy yes, cop movie. <laughs> it's so it's a Joseph Fiennes plays a Roman uh, centurion who is being or Tribune, excuse me, who is got to get my my Roman officer ranks straight. Also, thinks Tebow should start. <laughs> yes, uh, who is assigned to investigate the disappearance of the body of Jesus, and so. It starts out almost like a crime procedural. I think at the screening, I, I, I literally muttered under my breath, CSI Judea? What, what is this? <laughs> did you use that? I did use that. <laughs> uh, but so I, w- I admit, I went into this movie not expecting to like it, the first few setup. And the other thing is, it's a Roman officer who's sort of inserted into the story of Jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection, which 
at first sounds like the the spoof movie that they're making in Bible o- in Hail Caesar from the Coen Brothers movie. Okay. It was like literally like oh my god like like they they're making fun of this movie within the movie and then here someone actually made that movie. This is not good timing. So Clancy Brown's in it as well. Yeah, always like that. Um, but so I went into this movie with a couple of hesitations, but it really it really it really worked for me. Uh, it's not a great movie, but it, it, it's interesting because you know most movies Hollywood movies about Christianity are very pom- pompous. And there's a sense of grandiosity, right. or you know, they're doing sort of the anti-religious thing, and it's like that. And this is a movie that just sort of it portrays what the crucifixion mostly it mostly takes place after the crucifixion. It's not it's not the the the, the passion of the Christ by any means. So there's no 45 minute no, flogging. It's, it's really PG 13. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, it's so really sort of like here's how you know the the resurrection of Jesus could have played out at the time without all the fanfare. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I surprised myself because I, I just looked at it and I, you know, I, I think because of the, we've had a number of films with yeah togas and and running and non Egyptian actors, and, togas, togas and, and running. running. Like, well, you know, my daughter has the genre of men in suits talking. Yeah, that's a big genre. So. Togas and running is developing into its own genre. And you know what? Plot things will happen. I bet they will. I know they will. So, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Tom Felton in his first big post Draco Malfoy role from the Harry Potter movies. Oh, you, you mean you mean the Planet of the Apes movie wasn't enough? He, yeah, he the, caused the, such trouble. This is definitely a meteor part. Is he? He's, is he heavy? Uh, it's one of those you know ambiguous things. He's like he plays the young impressionable guy. And then he kind of turns and turns again, and yeah, I, I thought he was good. Joseph Fine's doing well, per- preparing for his Michael Jackson role. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who plays Jesus. Uh, he was in the the Walking Dead sequel. What was that called? I never watched Walking Dead. Still walking. <laughs> wow. Keep on walking. Fast walking. Slow walk. Well, fast walking if it's Danny Boyle, but slow walking everybody else. Yeah, but you know, given me and my history with Catholicism, I did, I did not think that this would be my movie, and I, I I was pleasantly surprised. That's a quote that should be in the ad campaign. <laughs> Fallen Catholic likes it. <laughs> and is that that the only films this weekend? Uh, then we have Race. Oh, oh the Race, Je- the Jesse Owens movie, which they did not screen for us. I don't know why, because. It seems like the exact sort of movie that you need critics to push it out there. Uh, the story of Jesse Owens, starting with him in college and taking up to the 36 Olympics, of course, you know, in Hitler's front yard and everything like that. Yep. Looks interesting. Jason Sudeikis plays the coach. Uh, so Stephon a little, James bit, plays little, little bit of a dramatic role for him, probably, hopefully. Yeah, well, obviously with uh, comedic notes just based on the trailer. So right. I would really like to see this movie and, and tell you how great it is, but unfortunately I can't because they did not screen it for us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Uh, Kobe. Yep. What's happening at your uh, your alma mater? What are you looking up on IMDb? Um, I was looking up Space Jam Two. Oh, is it is it a thing? <laughs> it looks like it. Twenty seventeen. Again, until there's a poster or trailer. Yep. Who cares? No poster okay. yet. That's fine. Tonight, Saturday, I use Cinema seven o'clock. Uh, wow, from nineteen sixteen, the return of Draw Egan. No. Silent movie with live accompaniment. That, that has not made the film yet. Uh, looking back. Nope, nope. Uh, the reeling backward column. Uh, reeling backward. I've only actually ever done just a couple of silent films in, in that space. Just I'll work because, on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, silent films. Is, it's, it's almost a different art form. It really is. It is. And the kid, by the way, on Criterion Blu-ray, a must get. So, Kobe, you know what? Nineteen tens, different time. What? Yeah. <laughs> Completely different time. Tell me about it. Uh huh. Monday, February twenty second. IU Cinema seven seven o'clock. 2011 documentary Winter. Okay. Do you know it? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Moving on. Tuesday, the 23rd, uh, Rams 
at seven o'clock. Oh, the Icelandic. Yes, I've heard, yeah, it's because NPR uh, folks on NPR have raved about that feuding ram herder siblings in Iceland. So there's that. So there is that. There is that. Thursday, February twenty fifth, seven p.m. Cemetery of Splendor from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Friday the twenty sixth at two forty five. Working Together Research and Water Governance on Mount Kenya. 6.30, The Ocean in a Thimble. And at 9.30, Cemetery of Splendor once again. Okay. Uh, nobody's nobody's going to the drive-ins in February? Nope. Although, drive-ins reopen in March. Big deal in uh, in my neck of the woods, uh, the DQ opened. Oh. Whoa. But we don't, we don't have the 24-7, 365 one. So, yeah, it was fun seeing people... In shorts and in pants and no coats, waiting outside for a DQ in February. And what is your favorite thing to order from DQ when it opens? Oh, again? why would I differentiate? I love them all. <laughs> do you have a favorite, dear? I blizzards. I like the blizzards. Which, do, is there a particular kind or a particular? Um, no, not really. I okay. guess Oreo. Cool. But Butterfinger's good some days. That's always good. They changed the name of the Mister Misty. I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like change. <laughs> I don't do well with change. What do they call that now? Uh, Free stuff. Something chill. Free stuff. Arctic chill or something. No, I, I like the fact, I think I prefer something chill. Something chill. Give me something chill. Give me something, something chill, cold. bro. What's uh, What's at the IMA? IMA uh, next Friday, the 26th at 7 p.m., Princess Mononoke. Ooh, hey, wow. Studio Ghibli. Oh, gosh, Emma's going to be screaming about that. And? And? Pre-show activity. Uh-oh. Anime workshop. Hmm. Oh, Emma so wants to go to that. Cool. There you go. Anything, uh, anything down in Franklin? Uh, don't know. I'll check in on that. Okay. So why are we? All right. I I, I said earlier, uh, Bianca dear, um, Kobe had told me there was a point of reference. You you would you two had seen the trailer for The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and am I am I right? Kobe Kobe said that you said. I, this is like this is like the newlywed game. That um, looks dirty. You, that looks dirty. <laughs> it is dirty. Okay, they're rolling you, around in the mud. Okay, but you can't use that <laughs> word to describe cinema unless it is a particular genre of cinema, which The Revenant is not. <laughs> it's like when I said, and, and remember this, parents, you you watch grown-up movies with your child because if your child says you're watching adult movies with them that it's you know it's the, the services come to the door so no, it's, it's just unwashed unwashed <laughs> rolling in the mic but I violent i don't we, know it's one it of those is, movies is, that i'd want to go home and take a shower after seeing oh we've, we've lots of those <laughs> Requiem for a dream. Oh, (laughs) so um, anyway, yeah, I would say yeah. So anyway, uh, Lady in the Van, yeah, unkempt. That's another (laughs) good description, also of the Revenant. But yeah, and smelly. I would imagine probably smelly. But yeah, but no one takes showers, brushes their teeth. (laughs) Anybody in the (laughs) seventies? Don't Don't get me started on that. Oh, I'll get you started on that. So, Kobe, oh, you have a you have an update? I do. Okay. Historic Art Craft Theater in Franklin next, uh, what is that, Saturday and Sunday, February 26th and 27th? Yep. Dial M for Murder. Ooh. Oh, boy. In, then, in 3D? Um, is that Hitchcock? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hitchcock taking um, a stage play and, and making the most out of it. 
A lot of fun. That theater is the perfect setting for that movie, just because if you've ever been to the Art Craft, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a real, you know, old, old school yes. movie house. Uh, I'm not sure. They, they actually had a swamp cooler to, instead of an air conditioning. I don't know if that's still functional. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, definitely. That's a that's a good trip. Yeah. That's definitely a good road trip. It's not that far from Indy. Indy. No. And we've I've, we've driven for bigger reasons longer, so there's that. But then looking ahead. Yes. March 4th and 5th at the Artcraft Heartland Film Festival Best of the Fest. Oh. Uh-huh. Reshowing Waffle Street, Right-Footed, Oddball, and One Day in April. Cool. So that's coming up in March. So mark your calendars, folks. There's plenty out there. You know, um... Let's not take a break. We're on a roll, and there's we have you know we have a strong core here. We have momentum. We have a strong quartet. <laughs> um, we're gonna go to uh, the movies that are on DVD and Blu-ray this week, and uh, really three films of note. One I have not seen, and then some cool reissues. Um, the probably the big title. Well, there's two Oscar-nominated films. We have Steve Jobs, which more people will probably rent than they will go see it. Yeah, it did not do well. And, and the fact office. that was one of the films, them and Gem and the Holograms, don't ask me why I remember this, but Universal pulled both of those films. I blame Ashton Kutcher and the documentary about Steve Jobs for the lack of success with Steve Jobs. Um, although everybody said it is not a biopic. Uh, no. Some people compared it to a Shakespeare, uh, Shakespearean tone as far as it's the same situation. It is the, the right before jo- – it's a backstage drama basically yeah. disguised as a biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, spoiler alert, Steve Jobs, suffer- insufferable human being but also very smart. Yes. Um, but, you know, really good performances from from Fassbender, from Winslet, from Rogan. Um and and actually makes it exciting to for for this guy to make this presentation and then have all of this drama literally backstage happening happening to him. Yeah, Michael Fassbender is just amazing in it. Just a wonderful thing. This this is high toned Hollywood. Uh, you know, you know, lying in order to impart a greater truth type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and how much it actually represents Steve Jobs, the real man. Who knows? Doesn't Who really cares? matter. But this you also have it's it also happens, it's written by Alan Sorkin and directed by uh, yeah. Danny Boyle. Yeah, this is a rumination on the mythology of Steve Jobs, and although the ostensibly they based it on the authorized biography by Walter Isaacson, um, Sorkin did all of his own research and um, interviews a bunch of people, and as far as I know, it has almost nothing to do with the book at all. It's it's, it's a three act play spread out over about twenty years and. It's wonderful, but uh, and I love Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs. I I, I just don't. It'd know be like it, me playing Steve Jobs. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's like, well, Michael, do it, sure. It'd be like Robert Redford starring in Death of a Salesman. I or don't. Know, Bob just, Woodward. Yeah. Oh wait, they already did that. <laughs> um, now I would like to see that. Now that you mention, hey, because Paul Newman was the stage manager in our town, so why couldn't Bob be Willie Loman? Yeah, he's really old now. So anyway, Steve Jobs is out there. Um, also, uh, Academy Award-nominated film Trumbo. Really, really happy that they got an Oscar nomination for Brian Cranston. Uh, he's another one. It's it, it. This is more of a traditional biopic. Yeah. Um, although, to be fair, it's it's not a. To quote my friend Laura Jansen, I don't like biopics because they're movies about people, and it's the biopic format. This isn't quite that. It is the secondary version where it is about a slice of the life of said character, and it's of course uh, Trumbo during his. 
uh, blacklisted era and what he did to get in and out of uh, of trouble when it came to his writing. Yeah, and a lot of that is, from what I understand, is pretty accurate in terms of the type of work he was moving, the types of movies that he was writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really, uh, you know, honestly, it, it, it's got an overall kind of a humorous arch to it. But, you know, it's looking at also at this very dark period in his life and in American history. Which everybody should remember. Um, but, yeah, and, and Cranston's somebody, we, you know, he has been able to re-change, change, changed his image so many times. And not just with, excuse me, um, excuse him, not just, you know, obviously with Mal- going from Malcolm in the Middle to Breaking Bad. And then uh, I, I will always remember him really Huffing and puffing and sweating and making the most out of his performance in Godzilla. Yeah, you know, be what be what on paper should be just a ridiculous role, but he really works hard at it, and he also gets the bounce off of Juliette Binoche. Yeah, it was like not since Chuatel Edgia four in twenty twelve. I'm like, dude, you're really working hard on a nothing script, but it's good. Yeah, he's he's been so good on TV, and they've kind of struggled to find something good for him to do in movies. And they movies, found it. So I, I'm glad they finally found it. And can't can't wait to see what else he does next. Um, also, uh, speaking of films where the I think for the most part there's one performance that is the standout, um, and we were we were relieved that this finally happened. And we hope he doesn't regress too much. But Black Mass, mm. which uh, Johnny Depp is Whitey Bulger, we have been screaming like old people for years to. You know, stop stop hanging out with Tim Burton and look like a normal person, and and he sort of does as Whitey Bulger, although there's a little bit of transformation. But it's it's a really creepy performance. Um, yeah. What? Although for the most part, kind of standard mob film. Yeah. Uh, I remember before that movie was coming out, everyone was saying like, "Oh, Johnny Depp's totally going to win his Oscar for this one." And people saw the movie, and the, you know, there's kind of this respectful but not overwhelming response. You know what? To it, it was Sly in Copland. Yeah. It's the the problem with with the role the way it's written in the movie is the character doesn't change. There's not really much of an arc for him. I mean, he starts out that way, you know, as a small time guy, and midway in the movie, you know, he he's a bigger guy, and of course, then he's an infamous mobster towards the end. But the way he's portrayed, and even the way he's physically depicted, it was they made this conscious choice to keep him Whitey Bulger, you know, as a straight line. The way he you know doesn't seem to. I mean, he, we meet him, and he already seems like an old man, but everyone around him is young. And those are supposed to be his contemporaries. And then, you know, 20 years later, they've kind of all caught up with him. And I, that was obviously a, a strategic choice. And I'm not sure if it really paid off because it kind of underscored the fact that he's physically not changing. But, you know, in a dramatic and an emotional way, he's really not changing so he's, either. So he's Don Logan and Sexy Beast. Yeah. I mean, I still recommend the movie, definitely. Oh, yeah. But uh, just, to, just to see him you know, be so great and, you know. Doing he, that kind of a role, he can be that, yeah. And then, yeah, when you're backed up by Benedict Cumberbatch, Joel Edgerton, yes. Sorry, Stacy Dakota Fanning, although she doesn't have much to do as the wife, capital T, capital W. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a good film. And then, did you see the Thirty Three? Yeah. How is it? It's good. Um, it's you know very much a life affirming film. It was inspired you know, part, by a true story. It's part of the Heartland Film Festival. That's actually where I saw it. Um, and uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's uh, it's not. A great movie by any chance, but uh, it's kind of divided into two parts. You know, there's the surviving part, underground. Uh, the, the, well, I should say there's the surviving part where they think they're going to die, and then there's this part where they break through and they realize they're going to live, but it's going to take weeks more to get them out, and they become celebrities while they're underground. And 
it's an interesting portrayal of that. Uh, and of course, my my joke about the movie is you know that they're starving in the first half of the movie. And, you know, I don't think anyone very – none of the actors look like they went very method. Oh, you mean uh, they didn't turn in the Christian Bale and the Machinist? No, they, 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 they kind of like you know, used like a little like makeup on their torsos to try and pretend like there's some some, some cavities there. We that call aren't it there. sucking in the gut. Yeah. My joke was there's – the one character is a, an Elvis impersonator. Um, and my joke about him was that I think Fat Elvis got even fatter while he was supposed to be starving. Uh, so – Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, they, they should try a little harder, you know. Broke, or, up, broke out the rice, or, broke out the rice cakes, guys. Or like Elvis, shooting from the neck up. Oh no! But still, uh, even as I give, jo- a little, little, give a little Josh, that's that's what we do here on Film Associate. Def- we, lo- we love films and we poke fun of them. And Antonio Banderas, he's always great. Cool. And he's, I think, one of the producers on this. I, I think so. All right. So those are the new titles on Blu-ray. Bianca's marking them down furiously. Um... <laughs> No? None of those? That I'd be interested in seeing? Yeah. Uh, probably the Steve Jobs one. The Black Mass one, again, looked a little too violent. It's, it's wicked hot. And I think also the inspiration, one of the inspirations for Seth Meyers' skit called Boston Accent, hmm. where it's, uh, and, and it's a trailer for every, every Boston film we've seen in the last 15 years. And as they introduce it, you know, starring an actual Boston person, an English actor who loses his accent, probably directed by Ben Affleck. Sorry, you were saying. I was just saying that the only one I was interested in seeing was Steve Jobs. But okay. I saw a, um interview with Kate Winslet on Sunday morning a yes. few weeks ago. It piqued my interest a little more. All right. And the 33, unwashed. They're <laughs> underground. So It's also an art film. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. You got me there. Kind of. Okay. Um, old titles on Blu-ray. Criterion. We love Criterion. Um, the, Charlie Chaplin's The Kid, mm. which I really would like to get. Um Warner Archives has put out uh, Alfred Hitchcock's I Confess with Montgomery Clift as everybody's favorite murderous priest. Not really. He just listens. Um, PBS, of course. Crossover. Uh, the PBS documentary The Black, Black Panthers, Panthers is out on Blu-ray. And this, one's, this one goes out to our, our colleague Bob Bloom. We know he has it. The Vincent Price Collection Volume 3. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are ones that didn't make Volumes 1 and 2. We have Master of the World, Tower of London, Diary of a Madman, Cry of a Band, Cry of the Banshee, and I've actually seen this, An Evening of Edgar Allan Poe, which he did on television. He would recite Edgar Allan Poe poems. So that's uh, that's old titles on Blu-ray this week. Um, I want to go back. How are we doing on time, Cobe? Uh, we're pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> what are you, Joe Shearer all of a sudden? We got 25 minutes. All right, very good. Um... Since I have you guys here, always Kobe, uh, Kobe's here with me along with Fair Sweet Bianca and Chris Lloyd of the Film Yap. Um, last week, The Onion did in their AV Club uh, A to Z, and they had a list of their picks for the the best romantic comedies with each letter of the alphabet. So, and I know I was like, I know for Bianca, there's a number of these. If she hasn't seen them already, she should, and that means Kobe, you should. So uh, we will start now. Their their pick for A. The Apartment. Romantic comedy? Well, there's a few that they, trust me, there's a couple titles that they stretch it with. They're run, and occasionally, there, there are some letters that have a runner-up. Now, their runner-up, I think, should be it, and that's Annie Hall. Mm. So, he's, he, you know what, Kobe, he's cl- more clever than you think he is. <laughs> Not a Woody Allen fan. Uh, B, Bringing Up Baby. Mm-hmm. Best sure. romantic comedy with a panther. 
Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> I should have seen this movie. You probably should have seen it's that in movie. It's the genre that okay. I like. But... C, City Lights. Oh, wow. Yeah. One of my favorite Chaplin yeah. films. And then the runner-up, which I know somebody wrote in all caps, Cutting Edge. The Cutting Edge. I always think, topic. <laughs> Uh, D, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. That's the Japanese uh, rom-com from last year. Um, E, Enchanted. Also anchored great performance by Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, F, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm-hmm. It's runner-up for getting Sarah Marshall. Way Ooh. too much Seth Rogen. Way, or not, um, no. Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. yeah. Way too much Jason Siegel. <laughs> Up until uh, the end of the tour, I said that about every Jason Siegel movie. Way too much? Yeah. Wow, he's got a list, and Jason's on it. Um, G, gentlemen, gentlemen Prefer Blondes, oh, yeah. which I just found on Blu-ray and I need to watch. Runner-up, The Goodbye Girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, H, this is a favorite of mine. It is a romantic comedy, Harold and Maud. Oh, yeah. My first. And it's from the 70s. Yes, it is from the 70s, it's smart just, lady. She's pointing that out. That yes, it, it was also like that. It was also my first introduction to dark comedy. Really? Yeah. yeah. The very first Betamax tape my father bought was Harold and Maude. Explains a lot. Yeah. I have a theory about the 70s is that they culturally we funneled all of our energy into films. And that's why the movies of that American movies of that era are so good. Thank you. And Every other part of American culture was so bad during the 70s. You know, the fashion, the music, pretty much everything else you could say. White rock of the 70s, Cobe. Except for except for Aerosmith, Queen, and Rush. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, oh, and, and the runner-up for H, High Fidelity. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, It Happened One Night. Oh, wonderful film. Yep. Uh, Jay, they drive, dips a little bit. Just Friends. With Ryan Reynolds and Anna Faris. No. <laughs> wow, Co- yeah. Bianca's. I've like, never even seen it, but I'm shocked um, that it would make a list like this. K knocked up. Oh, what was the runner-up for K? Uh, there was no runner-up for K. Apparently, yeah. so so we need to find romantic comedies that start with K that are far better than this. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, and look at your watches. Catherine Heigl just changed her mind about the experience. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, L, the Lady Eve. Oh, yeah. Didn't you write on that? Yep. Okay. Did a year or two ago. Uh, M. Oh, not yes. really a comedy, this, but okay. <clears throat> right. Uh, M. This these should be flipped. My best friend's wedding, which I still think is one of the most psychotic romantic I comedies. I love that movie. Really? Would you? And I love the music in that movie. Yes, because everybody bursts in the song in a restaurant. But if normal-looking people did what she did, she should be institutionalized. This is true. So the runner-up, Moonstruck. Oh wow! Yeah. So lovely that. film. N. Another favorite Bianca's yes. never been kissed. I have a biased opinion because it was filmed in the city I grew up in. And that is? And it's Monrovia, California. Monrovia, California. Okay. A tiki hut where they had the mail company that was in the downtown area. I capital M, were, capital C there. I remember seeing the film crews there. That was very exciting. Andrew Barrymore, who I love. Mm-hmm. A movie in which they tried to convince us that Drew Mar- Barrymore was a romantic failure who could never be kissed because... They tried to ugly up Drew Barrymore. You can't do that. Oh, that's never stopped at Hollywood from trying to uglify people. I mean, you know. Uglify? She, I didn't coin that. I'm sorry. Uglified Charlize Theron in Monsters. I say uglify. Yeah, Charlize Theron, uh, Halle Berry in Monsters Ball, uh, Nicole Kidman in The Hours. Yeah, it, it's a thing. Doesn't really work. <clears throat> no, Even, not really. She's so cute. Even her elbows are probably cute. Okay, you're going to leave that there. Uh, <laughs> elbows. We, al- we also have something for the file. There's no yes. such thing as cute elbows. Yeah, but hers are, are probably, probably cute. They probably are. Um, uh, <laughs> gosh. Oh, 
Ooh, overboard. Ooh. So you could take advantage of a drugged what up is, Goldie Hawn. What are people's problems with this film? I love that movie. Him Just taking cheesy. advantage, him taking advantage of her, like uh, well, okay, that's messed up. I don't yeah, think I agree. <laughs> oh, but yeah. other than that, I don't but think, other than that, I don't think I've seen it really since sweet. theater. So yeah, that's yeah. Um, P Punch Drunk Love, oh. runner up, Pretty in Pink. <laughs> I do like Punch Drunk Love. Really not a comedy, but again, well, it's Paul. Well, very, in very Paul Thomas comedy. Anderson's world, yeah, it is. As funny as he as he gets, for, for PTA, a it's a laugh riot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wait a minute. I don't think there was a Q. No Q? Interesting. Not the winged serpent. <laughs> um, These have to be rom-coms? Well, that's kind of what the list is. Oh, but, okay. oh, don't trust me. There's, there's... I was going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> yes, everyone's favorite romantic comedy with the Marquis de Sade. Well, it's, it's, it's as, bad, as much of a comedy that's as those other Marquis ones. I was going to say that, actually. Oh, gosh, that's good. Uh, well, trust me. When we get down the list, you'll see. Um, our Roman Holiday, of course. What about Romancing the Stone? That'd be a good one for a runner-up. It would be. And then you could show that clip of the mudslide. Thank you. Uh, S, Say Anything. Oh. Followed by runner-up, Sleeping with Other People, which everybody taught a lot of, I've, every write-up I've read loves this film, and I have I, not seen it. I love Sleeping with Other People. I thought it was the best romantic film last year of any, you know, com- romantic uh-huh. comedy, drama, whatever. Jason Sudeikis, amazing in it. Allison Brie. Wow. Definitely go see Sleeping with Other People. There you go. Uh, T, Trouble in Paradise. Um, you under the Tuscan Sun, which mm. I really liked. That's just you know Diane Lane in a in Italy. That's cool. V Valley Girl, early Nicolas Cage. Um, w was when Harry met Sally, which I already saw as Annie Hall ten years prior, and then the runner up while you were sleeping, that the the that which solidified America's love affair with Sandra Bullock, starting with Speed, and as we all know, anybody who works the the train circuit. Who works in the CTA system? They look like Sandra Bullock. See, Valley Girl for me is like overboard. You know, I saw it when it came out. I haven't seen it since. I have like just the barest recall. You know, I'll tell you. You know, the only thing I can remember about Valley Girl is that at some point Nicholas Cage takes his shirt off and you see that he has shaved his chest hair into uh. an inverted triangle. That's the that's the only thing I remember about Valley Girl. Well, that's young, crazy Nicholas Cage. At least that's interesting. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't collecting he wasn't trying to get rid of debt while working on Valley Girl. Um, X, care to guess? Want to guess? Really? Give you a hint. Musical. Xanadu. Yeah. <laughs> well, God, they do have a, limited choices. They do. Or if or if Abdul or Gene Shalit were here, Xana don't. Um, Again, using their their criteria, their criteria. any <laughs> of the X Men movies could qualify in this in this list. Oh, Gene Gray. Um, why you can't take it with you? Hmm. And then Z, Woody Allen's Zelig. There's a little bit of a love story, sort Burr? of, when he's yeah with Duh. with the Mia Farrow with the doctor, with the played by Mia Farrow. There's a little bit of that. It's not the main focus. We'll have to he whip out our impressions of Tina from Bob's Burgers. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because we, we've we've had this one on we've had this one on hold for a while. Um, we here at Film Sociology, I think it's safe to say, Kobe, we are pro Bob's Burgers. Yes, we are. As our families and uh, somebody, thank you, single basement dwellers who are unemployed that did this. There's there is a website where somebody has cooked all of the specialty burgers on Bob's Burgers. That's a lot of ground beef. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody has listed, of course, all of the burgers of the day. And uh, and uh, I just happen to have that list, which I will not pass through. But there are certain ones for this film show. For instance, 
Uh, oh, God. Uh, Sherry, Which Way But Loose, Burger. Last of the Mohicama. Yeah. Alo- Olive and Let Die. <laughs> Thank God it's Fried Egg. That one's for you, Megan. I know you love that. Um, sh- shoot Out at the Okra Corral. I remember that one. Who would put okra on a burger? I don't know. Um, I Created a Munster. That's an homage to Frankenstein. <laughs> Good night and good leak. <laughs> Thank you, David Strathairn. <clears throat> Little Swiss Bunshine. Yeah. Girls just want to have fennel. Young Helen Hunt. <laughs> um, the final Kraut Down. And that's, of course, that's a song that's also a bad Kurt Douglas movie from 1980. Um, I'm going to get you Succotash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, this one's for you, Bianca. Mushroom with a view. It's it's E.M. Forrester, and it's yeah. Um, over oh, over the Provolone, because it's also a John Candy title. Um, Tarragon in sixty seconds. The original, <laughs> not the one with Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie. Duh. Um, Top Bun. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Uh, as good as it gets, a few good men, the cauliflower's cumin from the inside, the house burger. That's an homage to the horror movie genre. Um, a leak of their own. Edward James Olive Most. <laughs> this is awful. The longest chard. Yep, remember that. The one. original, not the one with Adam Sandler. Yep. Burt Reynolds are in there in both. Uh, of course, this was my runner-up. Beats of the Southern Wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not enough love for that film. Uh, the Life of the Parsley. Life of the Party. Uh, the Saffron Saffoff. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacred. Human Palentipede. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kales from the Crypt. Paranormal Pepperidge Activity, Romains of the Day, that's for you, Bianca, Run Gorgonzola Run, <laughs> my favorite, because it's it's after a three-hour NC-17 lesbian love story, Blue is the Warmest Cheese, The Great Brie, Grand Prix, let's, oh, also for Bianca, let's give him something shiitake about burger. <laughs> Bonnie Raitt song, Julia Roberts film, and Scent of a Cumin. And apparently there's an episode with Hugo's Hot Dogs, and it's a view to a kielbasa dog. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Your pledge dollars at work. Thanks, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> thank you, Internet. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Internet. Um, Cobe. Basement dwellers. And, yeah. yes, the unemployment, unemployed basement dwellers. Uh, Cobe, uh, do, we, do we have... Do we have Chris Lloyd's intro? Yeah, do we have Chris's? Yeah. For those I, of you just joining us. Yeah, for those, just a, just a reminder, here's who's in studio with me. It's about that time. Doing our, uh, the annual show of uh, Dead People We Like. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a pretty big one this we week. We don't yeah. have time for dead people we don't like. Yes. Again, so it, I muffed it like on the second word. <laughs> no, but it's great because you know because that's more interesting than Hollywood obits. Yeah, who cares about that? So, yeah. but dead people we like. Um, character actor, although my wife says all actors are character actors. George Gaines, age ninety eight, um, best. 
best known as Commander Lassard from the Police Academy movies. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, was also the dad in Punky Brewster. But but the things I, I forgot. The first thing I remember him in, of course, John Van Horn in Tootsie. Oh yeah, he's the yeah. one who's trying to kiss Dustin, yes. you know, Dorothy Michaels all the time, and then starts serenading her. From outside the window, so great stuff there. Uh, was also in Altered States. Speaking of Ken Russell, we'll get more more Ken Russell news later on in the show. He sort of had the Leslie <clears throat> Nielsen career path. Like he, he, he started out in straight man roles and then kind of did yeah, the same he, thing for jokes. Also, could have been Leslie Nielsen's stunt double. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was trying to go back and and I looked back in you know, a lot of TV in the '60s, but it was also in films like The Group, which I remember Sidney Lumet directed in 1966, Marooned oh, yeah. with Gregory Peck, uh, Doctor's Wives. Um, let's see what else. The Boy Who Cried Werewolf, which is going to be on Spenguli Saturday night on MeTV. Wow. So those who have that, um, of course, I saw him in Slaughter's Big Ripoff from 1973. We love Jim Brown. Um, the El Morocco Captain in The Way We Were, Harry and Walter Go to New York, Peter Bogdanovich's Nickelodeon. Oh, I'm sorry, former film sociology guest Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, <laughs> never goes away. Uh, then, yeah, all the stuff with the Police Academy. The other one that I really liked him in was um, he was one of the acting core members in the film version of Vanya on 42nd Street, where Louis Maul took... A young Julianne Moore and George and uh, uh, Wallace Shawn, among others, and they did Uncle Va- uh, Chekhov's Uncle Vanya in this dilapidated movie theater in New York City, and it was just it was a way of taking the Chekhov stuff that uh, that Kobe and uh, Kobe's lovely wife and her mother would go see, strip down all of that. Don't you're not setting it outside and you're in suits and you know in the grass talking about the cherry orchard, but it's more about the characters and and paying attention to the interactions of the characters. Anyway, it's really, really cool. He was also a senator in Wag the Dog, and he was also in The Crucible. So, salute, George. 98, working, and that was, a, as, as Kobe and I were saying, working guy. Working guy. Blue-collar working actor there. Lunch pail actor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A um, little late to the party on this one, Daniel Gerson, best known as, was a screenwriter that uh, was also credited for writing Monsters, Inc., Chicken Little, Monsters University, Big Hero 6, and apparently was working on Car 3. Cars 3, I hope that isn't what killed him. Um, <laughs> nobody asked for Cars 2, except for Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, and then John, 2017, holy cow. I know. Johnny Duncan, who, as I found out, played Robin in the 1949 Batman movie serial, but um, also worked in 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, Whirlpool, John Ford's When Willie Comes Marching Home, Bedtime for Bonzo. Yes, he was in Plan 9 from Outer Space. And uh, worked on a couple of... Oh, yeah, was also... Was friends with Humphrey Bogart and got film roles in action in the North Atlantic and the Kane Mutiny. And then uh, was also in the Bowery Boys film The Million Dollar Kid. And his last film from 1960, Spartacus. So, salute, Johnny. Um... Over at the film yap, Chris, I know you're you're reeling back issue uh, uh, contribution this week is the 1950, not to be confused with the Kevin Costner film No Way Out. Uh, Sidney Poitier's film debut, not the Blackboard Jungle, ladies and gentlemen. No, uh, yeah, people remember that, and he's really terrific, and he is so skinny in it. Uh, but uh, he's already got that that poise, that screen presence that he was just so famous for, um, and. Uh, Help me with the name of the his co-star. 
Richard Widmark? Yeah, Richard Widmark, R- who you know is an actor I really sort of you know discovered further through the the, the film yap uh, uh, doing the really backward column. Uh, this is uh, he only made his fame de- film debut three years earlier. Kiss of Death. Yeah, uh, got his uh, got an Oscar nomination for that, and he plays this racist criminal who's brought into the hospital where Poitier is the doctor, and of course he doesn't want to have a doctor treating him, so he treats his brother instead. Brother dies. He insists that it's the doctor's fault, and it sort of ends up kicking off this uh, very tense racial situation. Really, you know, a bold movie for 1950. Uh, really, you know, confronting racial issues and racial hatred head on mm-hmm. uh, in a way that I mean, honestly, you don't see a lot of modern movies kind of you know skip to the side when it, those things come up. So, uh, very well done, and I uh, highly recommend it. Cool, Kobe. Yeah. Do you have Bianca's intro? Uh, I do. Um, no. And again, this you don't. I. You, you knew this was coming. I know. <laughs> and by the way. If you, it, we could add on to this one because you know your intro could be thirty minutes long. Jenny, I'm sorry. Don't. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You had me at hello. For the first time in my whole life, I realized I totally and utterly loved one person, and it wasn't the person standing next to me in the veil. It's the person standing opposite me now. In the rain. Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. And don't forget. I'm also just a girl. Standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. I've come here with no expectations. Only to profess now that I am at liberty to do so. That my heart is... And always will be yours. Bianca Slagle's here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see how that intro could really, it could be longer than our year in review. <laughs> Just standing in front of a boy. I think Richard Gere was a boy who had his AARP card at that point. <laughs> well, no, that, that's because it was Hugh Grant in Notting Hill, not Richard Gere. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Somehow get, I thought get that your was back straight. I thought, I thought that was you know what? something to talk if about. Because this is a woman that tore my head off when I forgot that Carrie Mulligan was in Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> forgot about Meow. that. I didn't. I just want to know why there isn't anything from the stuff. Oh there. gosh, because you want multiple intros. You want a musical intro as well. Oh, we, be, that's a great idea. Okay, Kobe. I guess we have to do our next production meeting during right. the show. Bianca wants a musical intro. <laughs> fussy, fussy. <laughs> so, what have you been watching lately, Milady? I have not been watching too many movies, but I have been watching American Horror Story. Really? Yes. They're unkempt. Uh, I, I, it was tough getting into because it, it was kind of scary and freaky. And two of freaky. two of Kobe's least no. yeah, two of Kobe's hey. least favorite words. Ask him she if puts he that watched on it. I, he watched it with me. I watched like two episodes. No, you watched like five episodes. No, of I watched the like two episodes, and then I put season. King of the Hill on. Chris, we'll be over here. Do you want to? No, he he joined in um, on the third season that was about the witches. Because I told him, I said it's not scary. It's just we've got a witch. May we burn her? It's just suspenseful. Did anybody get turned into a newt? A newt <laughs> got better. And then also, I started watching um, the Lizzie Borden Chronicles, which is not. 
Damn Wonderful. It. Because someone this dies husband, in every This episode. husband is pushing me too far. It's just her grinding an axe, literally. Have you have you seen it? No, I kind of know how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was there was the. I know. All right, let me. I know how it eventually turns out. Well, no, there was the. the I think it was on um, Lifetime. So it was the Lizzie Borden story. I, I just watched Grumpy but Cat's Christmas movie a year ago. Isn't that enough? That's terrible. Yes, but it's on Lifetime. Well, so that was on Lifetime, and now they have a show like following up on it. So it's after the trial. After she's found not guilty. And it's a double jeopardy and there will be Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> no, sorry. But people die in every single episode. I see. Well, and it kind of gets annoying. It's like, oh, there you know she who, goes again. You know who else? <laughs> Six feet under, they die in every episode. <laughs> there she goes again, killing people. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and, then you, and then you watch King of the Hill to cleanse your palate? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, I want to go back to something that that Chris was talking about. Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, My very itchy rash? Or oh, that no. was before. Jason Siegel. Yeah. Every movie he's in, he's in for too long. <laughs> wow. Did you see, you haven't, but you haven't seen End of the Tour. Knocked, End of the Tour is his best work by up. far. Yeah. Too much? Probably a, just a smidge. Wait a minute. Knocked about, up? Because he, he has a pretty small part. Means that. Se- oh, right. That's what I was like, no. Forgetting okay. Sarah Marshall. He was the friend who keeps getting naked. That's that right. One. Yeah, because he gets naked a lot. Yeah, well, not the, anymore. The, the, the whole the whole forgetting Sarah Marshall was too much forgetting Sarah Marshall. Huh. I love you, man. I'm not sure if I saw that one. You, I, I like that. Didn't you like that? I like that too. Well, Rush is in it, so you know. <laughs> and, and, yes, and Rashida Jones. Gulliver's Travels. Nobody saw that. No. Jack Bad Black. teacher. Oh. Um, uh, just a smidge. Okay, I, I still think of Cameron Diaz washing cars. That helps. Jeff, who lives at home, never saw that. Missed that one. The oh. Muppets. Oh come on! Mm. No, I like. What, what are you looking at me for? He's the one that said it. He started oh. to he started to redeem himself there. That, that, okay. that was the first time I said like, okay, he was not not too bad on that. All right, five year engagement. No, never saw that. that. Emily Blunt. Right. This is forty. Oh, that's definitely that's too a, much. That's a this is one. the end. Um. Oh, that was the one with all the buddies and yeah, the, the bro, the bro comedy. Yeah, I was not a fan. and sex tape. That's a sad film. That's a sad, sad movie. I, th- I don't think I, I. I think I missed that. That one. made my that made my worst five. That yes, but the thing bad. is, he redeemed himself utterly in the with, end of end the, of the, the tour because yeah. he was so good in it. I have no idea what he's going to do next, and it's really okay. And, yeah. I'm really <laughs> bummed that that movie did not do well at the box office or, or with awards or anything like that because he's probably going to go back to the goofy comedy and. The second best film about journalism to come out in 2015. Spotlight. Yeah, I mean, because one's really about journalism and one's. All right, film involving journalism. It's about guys who are journalists. Talking. Yeah, Yeah. talking. So I will tell. Men in suits talking. Well, they're not in suits. They're, uh, they're, you know, they're they're a little more unkempt. So. Um, also, the one other weird note. Um, I it, this week in the Onion, they do the uh, Watch This series where they recommend movies every day of the week, and because of The Witch, which you recommended, um, they've had films about witchcraft. So they've done uh, Witches of Eastwick. They did I Married a Witch with Veronica Lake. Today's installment, I love it. Ken Russell's The Devils, which has still never received an American release on DVD and Blu-ray with Oliver Reed and Vanessa Redgrave, and it's one of the movies that I also, I also packed in my bag for the weekend. <laughs> uh, a film that is as twisted as Vanessa Redgrave's neck. Yeah. Not for everyone. No. 
Uh, but if you really like to see Looney Ken Russell uh, make statements about the Catholic Church, and it's about a priest who is accused of witchcraft, done by uh, Reed plays the priest. Redgrave is strong as the woman who the nun who accuses Reed, uh, but uh, not for the faint of heart. No. And, I, and that's why I love Ken Russell, that weird dead lunatic. Yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Not for you, Kobe Bianca. No, you're not gonna. So, ladies and gentlemen, words to live by. Silent breed is people. Zardoz has spoken. We should have brunch again very soon. Very soon. So, thank you, Bianca. Thanks, Chris. I'll post the eggs. Thank you for having me. Always good to be had. Goods, go see a good movie. You deserve it. It's brunch time. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. We're going. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California.